The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Verse 1, they were all alone. And then verse 6, they were terrified. Unfortunately, that's a pretty good description of our world today. Right now, an awful lot of folks are feeling alone and afraid. And sometimes, like these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, our lives, too, are paralyzed by worry. So how can things get better? Since we are in church, let's start by telling the truth, by stepping back and having a good look at what's really happening this morning on that mountain where the transfiguration occurred. Jesus, in robes of pure white, is somehow being changed or transformed. He is being transfigured right before their eyes. His face is glowing, lighting up the landscape. It's as if Jesus has become the new sun. And in this moment, the earth and the stars, time and eternity, you and I, and everybody and everything are being pulled into orbit around him. Even Moses and Elijah can't resist. The greatest lawgiver and the greatest prophet, who, by the way, are technically dead, yield to Jesus' gravitational pull, and they pop in for a chat. Those two are also stand-ins, they are symbols for the whole history of God's dealings with his people. Which means that on this mountain today, creation is being recreated and history is being reordered and we are all being redeemed. So transfiguration isn't just happening to Jesus with his shiny body and his shiny blood. 
Everybody and everything else is also being transfigured here today. At first, Peter is consoled by the beauty of the moment. It's there in verse 4 where Peter says, This is great. This is great. He really is the Christ. This really is the way. There really is a resurrection of the dead. Let's build three tabernacles and stay here forever. But then comes even more light and more truth, if you will. This time from a cloud that surrounds them as it glows. A cloud just like the one that used to cover the tabernacle in the Old Testament whenever God was home. And then comes a voice from the middle of the cloud pointing to Jesus and saying, this one right here, this one, this is the one who is being transfigured. This one is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So you all listen to him, tend him, do whatever he says. And with that, the disciples are absolutely undone. They are actually knocked down and terrified but, and paralyzed by what they hear and what they see. But why? What actually knocks them down? Why are they so overwhelmed? And while we're at it, why are you so overwhelmed? Why are you so worried? Why do you feel so alone and afraid? What in the world is it that is terrifying you? Try this. Whenever any of this happens to us, loneliness, worry, fear, anger, terror, or paralysis, it's because we've lost our orbit. So this may help. See if you remember this from a few lengths ago. Every sin starts with a lie, and this is the lie that starts every sin. Jesus doesn't love me. That's the lie that's happening here, and that's the lie that happens to you whenever you get so afraid. Once we realize that Jesus is actually the beloved Son of God, yes, he is a man, but he is also true God in the flesh. So Jesus is eternal, divine, powerful, and can be dangerous. Once we realize that Jesus is the Son at the center of the universe, pulling everybody and everything in for a closer look, then down deep, we know that we are done for. Because there are no more excuses. And we are all about to be exposed for what we really are and what we've really done. Not just our symptoms, that we feel broken and alone and worried and afraid and angry, but our nature. 
who we are down deep. Proud, rebellious, evil, selfish, idolatrous. Once we're exposed for what we are and what we've done, once the truth is out about us, then we can't even imagine that we could be loved. We can only imagine that we'd be lost and even damned. We fall from grace. We lose our orbit. No wonder we get so worried and so afraid. But from here on out, it gets better. After he got to be an old man, and most of the other apostles had already been tortured to death. After he was all alone, and he had lots of reasons to be worried and afraid, the old man, St. John, wrote this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears, he has not been perfected in love. That gets it exactly right. Perfect love casts out fear. So the key to being fearless is being perfected in love. And that's what starts happening to us today at the Transfiguration, when Jesus' gravitas begins to tug at us. Here's the whole story, which happens to be the true story. The Heavenly Father loves His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, with a perfect, divine, heavenly love. That only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, loves you with exactly the same perfect, divine, heavenly love. A perfect love that forgives everything. Everything we are, and everything we've said, and everything we've done. And then, when everything is perfectly forgiven, there is no rub between perfect God and perfect us. Then there's nothing to fear. So in a sentence, being loved is the key to being fearless. That's why when Jesus comes to Peter and James and John and he very lovingly touches them, speaking very gently to them, he says, transfiguration is not just for the earth and the stars and time and eternity. And resurrection is not just for Moses and Elijah. And being beloved is not just for me. All of this is for you too. So rise up, verse 7, and don't be afraid.
There's actually a better way to think about this. That word, rise up, is actually the Easter word. So it's better heard like this. Come back to life and don't be afraid. I'm resurrecting you right here, right now, because we, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we made you. And we, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we love you. And we, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, forgive everything. We will always love you. So you don't need to be worried about us, and you certainly don't need to be afraid, because in matters of sin and grace, we, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, always have the last word. And our last word for you is perfect love. Pretty good, right? Rise and have no fear because I love you. And that's the same loving divine touch that you will get here in just a moment at the Holy Eucharist. It's a divine touch that not only resurrects you and forgives you, but also by the power of the Holy Spirit perfects you and then sends you back down the mountain this week and into Lent with Jesus to do some good in a world that is very lonely and very terrified. Rise and have no fear. Get down the mountain and get busy. Don't be afraid to love every last person you meet because after all, you've been transfigured. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.